Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 87. How can I improve? That's right, today we're going to ask ourselves this question. How can I improve in your swim lessons and at your swim practices? Now, this is a question that I ask myself daily when I'm coaching or teaching, and I self-evaluate and look at how effective my instruction is at the time to make changes on the fly. And our conversation today is going to look at how we can do that ourselves and promote that in our staff. So join me after a brief message about Anchor.fm, and when you have an opportunity to ask a question for this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash swimmingideas slash message. Today we're talking about how can I improve? That question of self-evaluation that allows you to be better at your job or what you're doing. Ask yourself, how can I improve? Now, I feel like this is one of the best ways to improve your coaching or your teaching. It's this self-evaluation moment where you assess what's going on and you think to yourself, hmm, is this working? Now, sometimes the answer might be no, and other times it might be a self-congratulatory pat on the back. I'm not one to uh, think that everything I'm doing is the best. Uh, In fact, it's completely the opposite. I feel like when I'm watching or evaluating myself, I'm wondering, what did I make a mistake on and how can I improve upon this? And one of the blessings of having a assistant coach that you're familiar with is you can ask them, is this working? Is this going well? What can we improve upon? How can we change things to make it better for future groups? And we're going to get into that today as we talk about how we can improve in our lessons and in our practices. So I want to start off here with saying that we tell our swimmers to self-evaluate during their swimming all the time. And it's essentially what meditation is. And so this is just a recurring theme here on how meditative principles and, and, and training gets you to be both a better swimmer and a participant, but also a better coach and a better swim instructor. And I just want to go into a brief description of what meditation is and how we can apply it to swimming and how you can apply it to yourself in this situation. Because asking yourself how I can improve is really an expression of recognizing that you're doing something and then changing your behavior by saying, I made a mistake, how can I move forward? Or what I wanted to do isn't working, how can we make a change to still achieve the objective but in a different way because the people that I'm working with, I I failed as a delivery in getting them to do what I wanted them to do. And I feel like if you have an understanding of what meditation is, then you might practice it a little bit. And even by recognizing or asking yourself this question, I think is an expression of meditation. So let's talk about what that is first so we have an idea, and then we can talk about how you can actually go through these steps and train your staff into being effective self-evaluators as well as your swimmers. 
before we do, I just want to reiterate, there's an opportunity for you to ask a question. Go to anchor.fm slash swimming ideas slash message and leave me a message. It'll connect to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you're using to access the internet. You can put a voice message right there uh, and we'll address your question live on a podcast. So if you're interested in having a question about swimming answered, whether it's swim lessons, swim team, or aquatic uh, professional administration, let me know. You can even include in there whether or not you want your voice to be included on the podcast. And then I won't put it in there if you say you don't want it uh, advertised. Let's move on. So meditation is training your brain to recognize it's doing something you don't want it to be doing and then reorienting it or realigning your brain towards your will. So the most basic example of this and why everyone thinks that meditation is about breathing is meditation is not focusing on your breath. That's not what it is. Breathing and thinking about your breathing is extremely boring. If you think about your breath and just focus on your breath, you will get bored quickly. And your mind, your brain likes stimulation. It likes to be entertained and have things to do. Focusing on your breath is extremely boring. And your attention will inevitably wander. Meditation is recognizing those wandering thoughts, wrestling them away, and focusing on your breath again. It's not the breath. You know, the breath, it's not, that's not the focus of meditation. The focus of meditation is training your brain to do what you want it to do. And in this case, it's, you're, it's like lifting weights. You're, you're lifting weights every time you recognize that deviant thought. And it could be anything. Be like, oh, I'm thinking about my breakfast. Oh, I'm thinking about my dinner. Oh, I'm thinking about what clothes I should wear. It's those different tangents that are not on your breath when you recognize it and then wrestle it back to what you're doing, that's meditation. That's the benefit. And this applies directly to swimming because swimming in itself is pretty boring. So if you're face down in a pool, struggling to breathe, you're looking at a black line and you're swimming freestyle, something you've done a hundred thousand times, it's a pretty boring thing. Your mind will inevitably wander. And we're asking our swimmers, sometimes as young as five, to focus on putting their hands in a specific position in a specific way, like a dance, and maintain that concentration throughout an hour's worth of practices while doing a physically difficult activity. If we can get them to think about their swimming longer and better, like meditation, then they're going to be better at self-evaluating and correcting the mistakes that they make. And the best way for someone to improve is for them to want to improve with the guidance and direction of a coach or a instructor. And that's really our job. So that that's the learning process here is how do we take a relatively boring, I mean, it's fun, it's entertaining. I like swimming. It's, it's physically, um, it feels good. It's kind of like running in that way. But when you're working on your skills, it's really hard to keep working on your skill when you get tired, when you can't breathe, and when it's boring looking at the bottom of a pool, right? So if you have this meditative mindset, our goal here is to get our swimmers and ourselves to recognize 
when we make a mistake and reorientate and refocus and realign. And that's where that how can I improve line comes from is we want our swimmers to asking them to be asking themselves frequently how they can improve and then do it on their own. But we also want to ask ourselves, how can we improve as coaches and instructors so that we can provide a better practice and lesson? So um, that's kind of like the, the meditative background here and the, the framework for which we're going to be looking at this. Um, and I think it's the coach and the swimmer's uh, job to inform and guide the swimmer's thoughts so that they can improve their swimming in it during a practice or a lesson. So um, it, it's my role, I believe, as a swim coach to kind of fence in the thoughts of the swimmers that I'm working with. I want to remove distractions through uh, repetition and scaffolding so we have a similar process for each of our lessons and each of our practices because I want them to expect what's coming next. Even though they don't know the details of what's coming next, they know in broad terms what's going to happen. So during the coronavirus and the limited practices that we have, we always do a warm-up. There's always a question of the day. We follow. We do a video, uh, and then we do our set. So our set is a drill, aerobic component, and um, the, an expression of the drill. So the drill is usually skill work on a particular swimming stroke, which is our theme of the day, which the video highlights. And then there's an opportunity to do that stroke as a swim. And then there's an aerobic component, which could be kicking or swimming or just distance or uh, speed work or something like that. And then we do a challenge. And then we repeat the set with a different drill. And then we, we just reiterate on that. So there's um, multiple iterations, so repetitions of that same set. And we get into this pattern where they know that this is what's going to happen, but all the pieces are different. So we have the same scaffolding, but the pieces inside each section are different, so that keeps them entertaining and interesting. And um, that's important because then I can spend less time on explaining the sets, ideally, and more time on focusing our swimmers' attention on what they should be thinking about during their swim. So I don't want them so much thinking about, oh my gosh, what is a 25? How many 50s are we doing? I want it. I want them to that to be routine. That's why we do the same set three or four times that day. I want them instead to be focusing on the skill work inside that set. Uh, and it starts with providing an interesting yet somewhat boring set. And there's this balance point here where the set has to be interesting enough to comp to, to hold their interest uh, and be diverse enough in both distance and uh, activity, but also similar enough that you don't really have to think too much about it. Uh, and, and that way we can then say, all right, let's pull out these small sections and aim your attention at this small section specifically like a drill. You know, we're doing this drill because when you swim the stroke immediately after doing the drill, I want you to think about what that drill was working on. So for example, head lead balance with rotation, it's a rotation drill. Connect your hips to your arm strokes and focus on your rotation while you're swimming instead of wiggling your body like a worm, right? That would be an introduction drill and then 
the swimming, focus on this thing. So how can I improve? We want our swimmers to be asking themselves, how can I improve during their swim? And we can do that by giving them a focus before the set that we do or before the activity that we do. For swim lessons, front glides. It's all, you know, um, we're going to do 10 front glides from bench to bench. And I want you to focus on putting your face in the water before you push off the bench. Now, uh, it's going to be greatly simplified for swim lessons, but it's the same format as we would for swim team. The complexity just increases as they have more mastery. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But it's the coach's job or the swim instructor's job to guide our swimmers' thoughts. And we do that by giving them clear instructions and clear guidance on what we want them to think. And sometimes it's just as simple as saying, this is what I want you to think about. And then reinforce that as you go through the set. Because um, it, we're, we're, we're putting fences on what our swimmers are doing, and we want to keep them inside that fence. Give them lots of leeway inside that fence, but, but put a fence on it. So we're doing this set. Here's the stroke we're working on. Here's the drill we're doing. And now here's what I want you to think about. And here's the, what I want you to focus on. And then our feedback uh, during the, the practice, during the lesson, should be aiming back at that focus. So if we say, I want you to be focusing on your hip rotation and your arms, maybe that's not the time to be critical of their kick. I mean, there's a place for saying if they're not kicking, but our focus should be on, you know, you're not doing the hip rotation during the swim. You should be focusing on it more, and here's how I can help you do that. And gentle reminders throughout the, the set are going to reinforce this focus and aim their attention through uh, consistent hitting each participant with feedback. Even if it's positive feedback, right? So if you see them doing it well, I encourage people to stop swimmers or give them a thumbs up while they swim just to say, yes, that's what I want you to do. That's very good. And uh, I find that that is more beneficial at times than only stopping swimmers when they're doing something wrong. Um, I really want to make sure that um, when they are doing this well and you can see it, that we're letting them know that we see their efforts and we see them doing it well. So make sure that you give them that positive feedback as well. Uh, so uh, just to reiterate here, it's the instructor, the coach's job to guide our swimmers' thoughts so that they can improve. And we do this through feedback and by instruction. Uh, there's two components to this as well, right? So in order for our participants to be able to self-evaluate, to able to be say, how can I improve? They need to have certain things in place. And the first one is they need to know what to do, right? They have to have a knowledge base. Uh, so we have to provide them with a dump of information. They have to learn everything. And we can do that through exposure. So I don't really explain what the 100 IM kick is to new participants other than it's one length of fly back breast and free kick. I want them to just struggle through that first day by looking at other people and maybe we'll demonstrate and, you know, if they don't know how to do breaststroke kick, that's fine. We give them that, that reinforcement, but we don't really spend much time on it. We just jump right in and that's exposure. We do the 100 IM kick first in every group and that's the repetition. So we expose them to new things. We repeatedly expose them to those things 
And as we repeatedly expose them to the same things, they gain mastery over it. Swimmers that have been swimming with us for one to two years, they do the 100 IM kick really well. Beginners don't, right? That, that makes sense. But it's because we've repetitively exposed them to it and allowed them to have mastery over it. And that's really like the basis for all learning here. But you have to know what's going on before you can start self-evaluating and focusing on how to do it better. So the first time they do it, they're not going to be great at it. But once they know all the, the different steps to it, so over time, we can start doing more and more of this self-evaluation. How can I improve focusing and attention getting? There's a, a progressive layer of mastery that happens over time. So what you're going to be focusing on with your swimmers and uh, saying, you know, focus on this aspect of swimming is going to be different when they begin with you than when you've been with them for six months to a year. Same with swim lessons. On the first day, you're not going to be talking about head position and um, uh, making sure that the kick is strong while they're doing all three things for streamline. No, you're going to be doing position 11 glides with support maybe uh, because they don't have this information knowledge exposure. Once they have that over time through repetition, they'll gain mastery of it and then you can layer in new and ever more complicated things. Uh, the second component here to being able to focus attention for the swimmers here, this is what the swimmers need. They need knowledge, and we can give them that knowledge through repetition, exposure, and mastery, uh, is guided focus. So we need to aim their attention to one thing. So it's our job as the instructor and the coach to kind of cut through the clutter and, and the complexity of swimming and make it very simple for them to focus on. And we can do that by giving them specific drills that highlight specific skills uh, or elements of a stroke and then have them do those drills. So, for example, front glides is a, at its very heart is a streamline. It's just a basic streamline. Uh, and it's the precursor to be able to swim. And you can even argue that going underwater is the precursor to everything. It's the first thing you need to do. Uh, so it's how do we cut through all that swimming? You're not going to start with a four-year-old or a three-year-old freestyle or breaststroke because they simply don't even know how to go underwater at that point. You're going to, you have to pay attention to this one thing and it's guided focus. The coach, the swim instructor is going to choose which skill to focus on for that swimmer. Uh, so uh, choosing which skill to work on, uh, picking the drills or activities that are going to work on that drill, and then give your swimmers the opportunity to do it wrong so that they know how to do it right. And this comes with if they have the knowledge, then you can do this one. Um, but sometimes if you say push off and not streamline, it really highlights how you can streamline correctly. And then they can feel the difference. So sometimes knowing how to do it wrong or giving an opportunity to do it wrong allows them to do it right. And this encourages this self-evaluation brain, which is a meditative expression, how can I improve? So by doing this wrong, they can look, oh, I recognize that this is not going well and this is harder. It's not, I, my objective is to swim somewhere and I can't because I have to do it this wrong way and it's really frustrating me. 
that's a self-evaluation. How can I improve? It may not be explicit in their head, but what we're looking for is we're looking to train our swimmers to think this way. How can they improve through their swimming? And we can do that by making it interesting and difficult at times. And that's what drills and sometimes doing it wrong does. Another way that we can aim their guided focus is to um, use mantras, so scripts and habits, and allow for mistakes. So we have a lot of scripts for front glides. Uh, put your shoulders in the water, put your arms out in front of you, put your face in the water, push off with me. That's a script and a mantra because it highlights the essential steps to having an effective front glide. And we do it that way because it gives them a target, put your shoulders in the water. They have a very specific target. However they go about doing it is fine. Generally, they're going to bend their knees, but you don't want to be too specific. You want to give them an action to accomplish. That's an easy win right there. Put your shoulders in the water. Put your arms out in front of you, so put it on the surface into position 11, essentially. Put your face in, so their face is in the water before they push off, and this is going to keep them from jumping up in the air and then falling down. And then push off with me or to me, uh, the implied support or the fact that you're not going to move once they start. And then you're going to have a nice, smooth uh, front glide. And our goal here is to make it as achievable and as possible as they can, but we're also establishing a habit and a mantra so that they follow the same thing every time, regardless of instructor. And then we want to be giving consistent feedback where it recognizes mistakes, encourages mistakes, and then positively reinforces success. And all these things are tied into how we can get our swimmers to begin thinking on their own, how can I improve? So our job is to kind of direct their thoughts in a, in a positive way that encourages them to self-evaluate and ask themselves, how can I improve? So let's move on to what about the coach? What about the swim instructor? What can they do to get better? And uh, it really just has to, I'm assuming here that there's a level of maturity that you want to get better. You want to be a better swim instructor. You want to be a better coach. And I'm assuming that because you're listening to this podcast, how can you do that, right? So what we've talked about is how to get the swimmers to think this way. All these things that we just talked about are ways that you, things that you as the instructor or the coach can be doing to get our swimmers to be thinking how they can improve. The next step is, Asking yourself the same question. How can I improve at being a better coach or swim instructor? And essentially, you're just, there are moments during your lesson where you're going to recognize frustration. And again, this is another expression of meditation. It's, an exp it's a practice in recognizing that things aren't going the way you want them to, and then making a choice, making a decision to change what you're doing. And it starts with recognizing that you're in control of the situation. As the coach or the swim instructor, you're the one responsible for your swimmers to do what you're asking them to do. And you're also responsible for guiding them into uh, swimming improvement. And so you have to ask yourself, did this practice, did this swim lesson go well? Were you happy with the results? And if you weren't, what do you need to change to improve upon that. Because ultimately, if the swimmers aren't doing what you want them to do, it's your fault. Either it's too complicated, so you made too complex of a decision, you didn't explain it correctly, you didn't explain it well, 
you, maybe you didn't demonstrate, you know, there's all these reasons for the swimmers to not do something well. And it, I believe it lies in the instructor and the coach's fault. So if the swimmers aren't doing what you want them to do, it's not their fault, it's yours. And it can be a number of reasons why. Explanation failure, um, expectation failure, accountability failure. Maybe they're not held accountable for not doing things. I can't tell you how many advanced swim groups I see where the participants don't have a streamlined habit. And largely it's because it's not reinforced by the coaching staff. It's instead ignored. Um, even if it's just said, you know, streamline, that doesn't mean anything if there's no follow through when they don't streamline, right? So, um, and this is, and this is not a condemnation of coaches. Um, it's just a recognition that as things progress, we assume certain habits and we know they can do it. And maybe we're not watching everyone, but, or maybe it, it, we're not, maybe we're so focused on the nuances of better swimming that we forget about the streamline um, as coaches. Uh, but, you know, it really just, you have to say it 10 million times every practice and hold your swimmers accountable for it. And it's the most basic habit you have to do, but you have to do it, right? Um, so we're the ones that are held accountable for the failure of our swimmers to do what we want them to do. And so once you accept that, uh, and even for swim practices, if they're not progressing, it's our fault because we're not guiding them through the progression correctly. We have to ask ourselves, so how do we do, how do we overcome that failure? Well, we have to self-evaluate. We have to ask ourselves, how can I improve in order to get our swimmers to get better? Uh, and you can ask yourself, how did that practice go? Uh, did it meet the objectives I had in place? Did I, did they get better at freestyle today? And if they didn't, why not? Was it too complicated? Was the video off? Um, was the set too complicated? Was the set too confusing? Was it too easy? Was I being too hard on them? You know, you have to start have this evaluative mind that starts with an understanding that any failure of the swimmers to participate is your fault. Now, there are some exa like exceptions. There always are behavioral issues, um, distraction, ADHD, stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm talking about the broad group here. So did did you broadly succeed? And that means you're going to have the couple percentage that really buy into everything you say and, you know, dive into everything with gusto. You'll have the middling group, which is the bulk of your group that just kind of follows along with everyone else. And then you'll have the outliers, the distracting ones uh, that pretty much no matter what you say, they're going to do what they're going to do. And your goal is just to drag them towards improvement a little bit each day. But how can you, you know, you have to have this understanding that you're responsible for what's going on in your uh, program. So it starts with that. And then you have to ask yourself, what should I change? Did I meet the objectives that I wanted? Uh, and you can do that by, you can say, what were the elements that I struggled with? So what part of this was I getting frustrated with my swimmers for not understanding? And sometimes that just means you have to explain it in a different way, or maybe you have to show them a video instead of talking about it or pull them out of the water. Maybe it, you rushed into a complicated drill without giving them adequate exposure and repetition to know how to do it. 
So whenever you're doing something new, you can't really expect it to be done perfectly because it's new, they need to be exposed to it, right? We're going back to this knowledge dump and then we can aim on the focus, the guided focus. So remember that you have to adequately uh, introduce things before you can reinforce the mastery. Now, this is a slight tangent here. When you're writing stories, you also have to foreshadow. So if you're watching a movie and there's a big plot twist, it shouldn't be out of nowhere. There should have been clues dropped throughout the program or the movie that'll make that plot twist more of an, oh, I totally understand it now, instead of a, where did that come from type of thing. It's the same way with learning and swimming. You need to adequately expose your swimmers to a new concept or skill gradually over time before you can start harping on it as a part of their swimming. So you can't like drop, uh, I don't know if you don't do this already, the vertical forearm on freestyle pull in one day, like doing a zombie drill and then expect them to do that every single stroke. That's just not something that's going to happen. You have to gradually introduce that over time. So maybe you struggled because you introduced too complex a skill too quickly and then expected results immediately based off of that drill without accounting for an adequate exposure time. Um, And then you have to ask, you know, what are some of the elements of your practice or lesson that your participants really struggled with and why? Why did they struggle with it? Was it because it was too physically difficult? Was it too mentally difficult? Did you not give adequate time for them to um, think about what it was or what the ramifications were? So we have to ask ourselves these questions. Um, And that comes from we have to be brave enough to ourselves to admit our failures. We have to say to ourselves, I made a mistake. How can I improve? So if we ask our swimmers to fail, if we ask them to recognize that they did something wrong and then expect them to improve, we should expect that same recognition of failure and expectation of improvement from ourselves. So we can make small changes in our practices and our lessons uh, to accommodate or adapt to the swimmers that we have in our group. You know, I think it's Sun Tzu that said, uh, the best laid plans don't mean anything at first contact. So as soon as you write a lesson plan, as soon as you introduce it to the swimmers you have, things are going to change based on the situation that arises from interaction with people. You know, we have to be able to be flexible enough in our lessons in our practices to account for those variables. And one of the coworkers I work with, one of my favorite things he says is, you know, here's my plan, here's my practice for the day. But if you need to make a change to accommodate the group, make that change. There's always that open door for an adaptation, which I really appreciate. And I think that's the mindset that we have to have when we're looking at our staff and they're teaching a swim lesson, and we have to say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't intervene here, maybe we should let them make that small change. Now, as long as it falls within the prescribed guidelines for certain things, then give them a broad leeway within the fence of our program. Uh, So that's kind of a tangent there, but uh, what else can we do to make sure that we're improving? Uh, We can write down our practices and then make changes immediately. So I do all of my lesson programming and um, practice writing on the website swimminglessonsideas.com. I use the same tool that's available through the developmental swim practices. 
Um, and uh, you can use all the material that I exactly the same. Uh, and, and I'll change the practice on my phone because you can edit it uh, immediately. And then I'll update on the TV screen when things aren't going well. So maybe I had planned 825s, but we can only get through six because there are tension waivers. Or maybe I recognize that two 100s is too much and we need to do a single 100. And it's not physically too much, but it's boring. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're also keeping in um, our, our swimmers engaged as well as physically challenged. So make changes live, like update it immediately or write it down on your own lesson plan. So like uh, afterwards, your, your class, your lesson, just write, make a note. And just by writing it down helps you remember it. You don't actually have to save it, but just writing it down helps you remember it. Uh, so being aware of these things and then making changes on the fly, that's what this is all about. It's asking yourself how you can improve and being willing to acknowledge that there are times when you're going to need to improve. We're going to wrap up here with just a brief discussion on how we can get our staff to do this. So we can give our staff training opportunities to be self-aware. And this is going to be a little bit harder because generally the people we work with are in high school. And it's a bit harder for, I don't want to say immature, but less mature people to be able to do this thing. And and self-evaluation requires a degree of uh, mental maturity that some teenage age people don't have yet and we have to groom them into that awareness and we can do that um, through giving them opportunities and trainings to do things wrong so we can say you know yell at like break up into small groups and have them just scream at their participants right these are like training scenarios not with kids Uh, we can give them a chance to do it wrong we can give them a specific teaching task and we can put limitations on it. So you can say, uh, have your swimmers, your peers in this training environment do 10 streamlines, but you can't say the word okay, and you can't say the word streamline. And then you can evaluate them and how well they accomplish the things, the, the task that you've set in, in front of them. And the, the, what we're doing here is we're putting a mental cue in their head which they have to focus on and by gamifying it or making it a challenge, they have to mentally focus on this thing and self-evaluate as they go because if they don't, they're going to fail the task or the the training. Uh, We can also put a a time limit on number of attempts. So for example, um, give your swim instructors or your coaches a task in their small training group. You have to do 30 streamlines, but you only have two minutes to do it. How are you going to give your instructors? How are you going to guide your class into accomplishing that task in that small limited amount of time? And so we're putting a frame, like a box into around the swimmer and making them be creative to solve a problem. And so we can provide these training opportunities that will encourage our swimmers to be self-aware. So then when they go into their training or when they go into their swim lessons or they go into their coaching, they are more likely to self-evaluate, right? We're building an employee over time. So build confidence in your staff as well and yourself by making changes on the fly and allow freedom in your lessons and, and practices. So, so uh, this is kind of contradictory to doing things in a certain way. So like following the script, following the framework, but the framework and the script are the fences. And as long as you use those scripts and frameworks, 
you have broad leeway inside that framework to do whatever you want. So inside those rails, you can pretty much do anything. You have a lot of freedom as long as you're doing the skills a specific way. So as long as you're holding the front glides the correct way, as long as you're holding the back glides the correct way, what you do around that or within that framework is largely self-guided and, and freedom. So within that freedom, allow your, your staff to express themselves that way. And then that'll encourage them to be creative in solving problems when they are self-evaluating, when they are asking themselves, how can I improve? It's a little complicated. Uh, it's a little more abstract. What did you think of this podcast episode? Let me know. You can ask me a question or just leave a comment, anchor.fm slash swimmingideas slash message, and leave me a message, voice message on the app right there. I'll get it immediately, and we can either address it in a podcast episode or I'll just smile and thank you for it, whether it's positive or negative feedback. I want to know what you think. Uh, send me an email, jeff at swimminglessonsideas.com, comment anchor.fm slash swimmingideas slash message, or social media at swimmingideas. Looking forward to hearing from you. And remember, tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care. Mm-hmm.